Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host Alex and with me I have Logan. How are you Logan? Gave me Alex. Yeah, doing well. Looks like we've both had uh, fresh haircuts for the episode so it's uh, it's a nice uh, display from us. But um, yeah, I guess uh, talking about the game, um, not a particularly fantastic display on the weekend from City. Um, I guess the Five wins in a row had to come to an end at some point, um, but a bit disappointing to only get the draw against Shrewsbury. Um, I mean, I suppose, you know, you were sort of pointing out in the chat, I think, on the weekend that they're a side that have been in reasonable form at home. Uh, so it was always going to be a bit of a tricky game. But were, were you sort of were you disappointed with the result or, or how did you see it? Yeah, they, they were a team that was in extreme form and uh, they have an uh, incredible record against, I think, particularly the top six when um, they travel, when those teams travel to Shrewsbury. So uh, I guess uh, upon reflection, it was probably one of those games that we maybe underestimated, not because of where uh, Shrewsbury kind of sit in the in the ladder and perhaps, uh, you know, the, the quality that they do have, but just how uh, tough and resilient they can be at home. So I think in the end... Um, the draw on face value probably isn't the the best result, but uh, the fact that we had other results go our way uh, this yeah. week, it hasn't turned out being uh, you know the end of the world. And uh, I guess in in so many respects, the fact that we were able to get uh, a point out of it, and um and kind of particularly when we fell behind, uh, still kind of speaks into this momentum that we do have at the moment. That uh, you know we we do feel positive, and uh, the the playing group really seemed to be up for the challenge. So. Um, not only are they being able to get points in the comfortable games and doing it uh, well, but even when, uh, you know, perhaps there's those tougher fixtures, um, you know, they're able to play themselves back into the game. And so I think that was definitely some positive takeaways. Yeah, I think definitely the fact that um, we were able to fight back and get the goal um, to equalise, I thought that first half in particular was was really flat from from both sides probably. I thought that we just, you know, it was one of those games. It, in the past, it might have been the sort of game that we'd go down 1-0 like in the Ipswich game and um, other games that we've had in recent months. Um, so it, it was promising that we were able to, to fight back and get the goal in the second half um, to secure the point. Um, uh, I guess in terms of contributing factors, I thought the ref was very eager to blow the whistle. There was a lot of fouls given for really soft uh, incidents from both sides. Um yellow cards brandished as well, which I thought were probably a bit excessive. Um, and also just the the dimensions of the pitch. It might have just been the I follow stream. I'm not too sure. But it did feel like it was a very small pitch. And um, as a side that likes to counterattack and break into space, it did feel like there was not many opportunities for, for guys like Elder or Lewis Potter to really break into space and, and run onto that sort of through ball from our players. So um, as, as sort of factors, you know, it's, it's, I guess, sort of making excuses, but at the same time, it's just sort of trying to, to dig into why we might not have performed at our best. Yeah, again, I think uh, New Meadow just did certainly look like a very different, uh, you know, field dimension, did seem smaller, um, whether that's the case or not. But I guess if you if you look at the trend and you look at the um, you know the way that Shrewsbury have managed those bigger teams, um, maybe that m- might play into the um, you know having that smaller pitch may uh, suit yeah. their game plan and the way that they actually approach the the bigger teams. That 
I guess do uh, you know traditionally like to to beat teams on on the outside with their pace and, and getting wingers behind and crosses into the box and just playing that kind of high pressure game. And so the fact that they were able to limit it that and um, and limit it well, maybe that is the recipe for their uh, their success against those those bigger teams. So, you know, fair play to them. I thought they they weren't too bad. They they probably brought us down to to their level with with all due respect to them. And um, you know, as it, it kind of showed, and uh, it's it's one of those tough games that uh, you know not too much damage was done. But uh, you know, if, if we had have got three points, we would be in an extremely comfortable position now. But it wasn't to be. Yeah, and look, fair play to them as well. It's always interesting. I think it was the Burden game uh, in February where we were sort of pulling our hair out at, at the loss to a side in Burden's position in the league. And you, you you look at what they've gone on to do since then. And funny enough, it was against Burden midweek where Shrewsbury were actually able to get the win. So um, it's always interesting putting a bit of context around a result to see the, the form that the side that's um, taken the points off us has managed to show in their next game as well. Um, and you did mention there as well, I'll just pull up um, uh, for our visual uh, watchers, um, you know, talking about the, the drop points from the other sides in the league. I mean, Peterborough drawing 3-3 with Rochdale and really Rochdale could have won that game. It was only a last minute penalty for uh, Peterborough that got them the win in that, oh, well, the point in that one. Um you know, you've also got, uh, where was it, Sunderland drawing with Lincoln, which was a big one, and Gillingham drawing with Doncaster as well. So uh, I think it was all of the top six. If I go to the table, I think it was all of the top six actually that drew um, on the weekend. Um, and, of course, Peterborough losing midweek to Blackpool as well. So um, really, in terms of results, obviously perfect world. We get the three points against Shrewsbury to, to go even further clear at the top of the table. But the fact that now it's just Sunderland who can catch us with their games in hand uh, it's just as ba- just about as good a result as we could have hoped for. Absolutely, and I think it, even on face value, that particular result of, of the posh and uh, and uh, Rochdale, it probably doesn't capture the, the true story of what actually happened in that game. In the sense that uh, Peterborough led two nil, um, yep. and you know when you think about the position that Rochdale are in the ladder, they're uh, absolute cellar dwellers and you know are pretty much prime for relegation or, or thereabouts. And so, for for the posh to be leading two nil um, and to allow them back into that game and to trail, uh, you know they they end up getting that point. But uh, you can just imagine that the kind of the conversations that would be happening in the I guess the lack of confidence or concern in the playing group or um, certainly amongst their fans is is real to see and I think it probably speaks into just how tense this um, this run in is going to be um, and regardless of what fixture you do find yourself uh, you know up against the the magnitude of those results are huge and just because you're playing someone, you know, who who sits far lower on the league, they're going to have a huge um, impact on on what actually happens in the in the promotion uh, promotion fight. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look there, Dembele and and Smodic, uh, getting goals in the first half, but then fifty fifth, eighty seventh, and ninetieth minute goals for Rochdale to put them three two up was uh, pretty incredible. Uh, and a bit unfortunate for them not to hold on. Um, and you can probably tell from the from the discussion around the other games, uh, there's not a whole lot I would say to talk about the game against against Shrewsbury. We've sort of um, said it all. I think it was a it was a pretty dour game to be honest. Watching that one, um, look, I'll, I'll give my three two one for the votes. But um, really, Doherty standing out with the goal for the three votes was the easy one. I've given the two and the one to Coyle and Elder, but you could have thrown a hat over a couple of players who, who, who maybe would have been deserving of votes. But you know, no real standouts in the side for me other than that Doherty goal. Yeah, 
I, I would have to agree. I don't think that I can really argue with any of those uh, choices. The Doherty goal was pretty spectacular, albeit um, you know somewhat of a deflection, but it, um, it looked it looked fantastic. And I think the fact that it came in in such quick fashion after we conceded um, was was kind of you know it's somewhat nerve easing. But uh, you know uh, to get that result in a in a rather dire performance, as we mentioned before, it largely had a lot to do with with how Shrewsbury played us. Uh, we move on and yeah, not, not too many takeaways other than the fact, as I said, we dug ourselves out of a hole and, you know, that that may be the case in, in the next nine games. So we, we may have to, to do that. In fact, we probably will have to do that if, uh, if we are going to find ourselves, you know, finding a way back to the championship. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I'll just pull that graphic back up because... Um, look, we'll move on and talk about the Gillingham game. I don't think there's a whole lot out. There's, there's not a whole lot off-field going on. We had a few transfer rumours last week. Uh, nothing too much in the uh, in the news this week to discuss. Um, so really, it's it's a preview of that Gillingham game coming up. I, th- I think they have two or they have three wins in their last five. I'll just have a look there. So it's, yes, three wins in their last five. They're sitting there in ninth on the table. Um, in that in that um, five games, I think they've taken points off uh, uh, Lincoln and they've got a draw with Peterborough, I think it was, if I'm just going to scroll up here. Um, where was it? Gillingham. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't see where it is now, but I think they had a draw against um, Peterborough as well. So, uh, look, they're a tricky opponent. Um, they're oh, Sorry, they had the draw with Doncaster. Um, they're a tricky opponent, um, one that we played on the first day of the season where we got the 2-0 win. Um, they're, they're definitely in a bit of form now and they're, they're not out of the conversation for a playoff place. So they've definitely got something to fight for. Um, maybe maybe that means that they'll come at us a little bit more. We, we sort of talk about when we play these teams that they kind of come out of their shell and and kind of uh, go, go for it in the games against us. It actually gives us a bit more of an opportunity. Um, how do you see it? So it's a precarious one. I think if you think of where Gilliam are on the on the league ladder, it's like whilst we mentioned that they're not out of the picture and they're they're very much you know a playoff contender, they they have that kind of feel of Oxford uh, Oxford United about them, where they just were sneaking along and and picking up results, and you know all of a sudden they are a team that nobody really considered, but they found themselves in the picture and. You know, while that's a great story for them, and and they do seem to be flying to some extent, it's one one loss really, um, you know, would be a deflating thing for them. And whilst they're close and kind of clutching at the the, the tails of the of the top six, uh, a couple of losses and they're they're well and truly out of it. So it's a tough one, but um, you know, momentum's a funny thing, and if they're able to continue in the the form that they are, they they're going to be a very tough opponent. But um, equally, if they were to fall a, a goal or two behind. Um, I can very easily think that the mentality of the players will be that our season's over. Um, and maybe that's a, a little bit hopeful, but that's, that's certainly one of those tricky fixtures. I, I know what it's like when we've watched City in the past, in those, particularly in the championship. We had um, many seasons under Nigel Pearson where we were kind of uh, there or thereabouts, but we knew that getting those results, um, you know, although you could go get three or four wins in a row, a loss really, um, really was deflating. So, Look, they'll be tough. I think that they, as you said, they come in with a, a very good, uh, positive run of form. But uh, I still think it's a team that we have to be looking at, saying, you know, we're, if, if we're top of the tree and and uh, serious contenders for promotion, then we have to be beating these teams. Definitely. Um, we, we, I don't think we had any changes to the side against Shrewsbury. Um, but would you be looking to make any changes uh, going into this one? Again, I mean, we've had the week off, so 
players have that rest. There's not really a need to rotate for that reason, but perhaps for form? Uh, look, I, I think that, as you said, the, the rest period is, is something that we're not really accustomed to. I, I don't really see anyone, as, as we mentioned in the in the weekend result, there was nothing, you know, uh, about that result that really kind of put the spotlight on anyone who is starting to struggle. And uh, I think that there's, there's a real, uh, you know, a real positive formula the city seem to have worked out now and i feel like mccann himself has worked out what his best team is there or thereabouts and and the tinkering or the slight adjustment seem to be working for us i mean when when we talk about it we're a team that had five wins on the bounce and then a draw like we really do we are the form team in the division it's 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 hard to to kind of always think of ourselves as that particularly uh, when we've become so accustomed to City being a, a, a stop-start team, if, if that's fair to say. But five wins and a draw is, is an incredibly positive run of form. And, you know, it's I guess it's probably a case of if it's, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And so, um, you know, I, I don't really see the, the reason to, to change too much up. Um, given, yeah, that's, that, that would be, I guess, my feeling at, at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I think... I think that midfield three seems to be the place that we would be most likely. We, we sort of switch things around or, or even the front three, I suppose, as well. But um, I, I, yeah, I tend to think that a front three perhaps of uh, of White, Wilkes and KLP is the way to go. I don't know about Magenna starting up top. I think he's good off the bench. So so probably those three up top. Um, and I think Doherty, Jones and, and Honeyman sort of pick themselves in midfield at the moment as well. So I think, as you say, it's that sort of winning formula. Um, there's no real need to to change that too much. Um, in, in saying that, I do think the concern is that I'm, uh, I believe Magenis and, and White are away on Northern Ireland. Oh, yes. Actually, you know, that's a good point. Yes. Um, so White and Magenis out, actually, that does raise... Yeah, good in, point. In, I hadn't considered that. Um, I, I, in so many ways, that would mean that the team, well, particularly in those those attacking option picks itself, you would expect, uh, you know, Wilkes to be there. Ken Lewis Potter would come in for the start. Um and, and Eves probably, and well, and probably Eves, and, yeah. and so you know, it's, uh, again, like not an unhealthy problem to have with with someone like Eves, who you know he's been out of favour and he's chomping at the bit. And I guess there's been so many things that that Tom Eves has done in those those snap snapshot or, or short bursts that he's that he's had that have, have frustrated City fans and um, on so many ways uh, ruined his chances of, of of pushing his way back into the squad but you, you think about from his perspective it would be you know possibly the biggest opportunity for him to fight his way back into the squad if he's going to you know be a part of this pitcher on the run home so I in so many ways I, I really I really love the way that White and Magenis are playing and you know they've been informed but if if Tom Eames gets his opportunity, I, I don't. I'm certainly not game enough to write him off just yet. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and look, it, it's a funny one being in League One. I'd um, it had completely slipped my mind that it was the international break uh, for our players. Because obviously, I mean, I know there were international games this morning, but just having a city game on the weekend, it just uh, it, it is one of the nice one of the few nice things about being in League One, I guess, as opposed to the Championship, is we don't have international breaks. We get City every week. Um, but as one of the bigger clubs in League One, we're probably one of the few. Sunderland, maybe another one. Um, I don't know if there's many. I, I don't know. I wouldn't have thought there's many other sides at all in the division with players uh, going off for internationals. So um, it's an interesting factor to deal with, and, and it's a great point that obviously that means that our, our forward line will change around a little bit, 
big opportunity for Eves. Um, look, if he can score a couple of goals on the weekend and really sort of, it, it would be sort of like that uh, the game against Ipswich um, under Bruce, where um, his name's gone out of my head now. Uh, uh, the, uh, the the header. So uh, it's Proschwitz, Proschwitz, getting the Proschwitz. double against getting the double against Ipswich for the, for the and, and who can forget the famous goal that uh, and, to, you know in, against in, Carter in, for the final day against Carter, of course. Like uh, yeah, in, in, uh, how we forgot his name is uh, yeah know, yeah. Especially, but but it, it'd be something similar if it, it, for all for all the the the, the malignment that uh, Eves gets if he was to come up uh, on the weekend and get a couple of goals to get us the win. Uh, and really sort of cement that playoff or sorry the automatic spots um, places for us it would it would be and it's sort of ironic that I've forgotten Proschwitz's name in saying that because it is the sort of thing that you're remembered for 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 eternity so um, and, look he, he's got that chance and furthermore he's playing against these old club in Gillingham which yeah makes it great point even because he missed the first one didn't he he missed the right. first one with injury yeah yeah so it makes it even more of a um, intriguing fixture so I think that even just having reminded ourselves of, of that prior to um to the the fixture on Saturday, I think it's going to be a, a an even bigger uh, even bigger prospect of you know I guess in the in the context of our season, it's going to be an even even bigger game than we perhaps initially realised. So yeah. um, I, I, I've just become uh, maybe ten times more excited for this. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I think. I think it's Robbie McKenzie's potentially first game back against us because I don't think he played in that first game either. Um, I had a look. I think he came off the bench for them in their last game, so he might not start this game, but chances are that he'll come on the field at some point. So big game for him as well. So, yeah, there's a few um, few reunions for players. And I think I think Alfie Jones as well um, might have played for Gillingham on loan because I think the other week when I was looking up um, – Gillingham tweets when they they'd beaten uh, Lincoln, and I saw that you know Alfie Jones had liked a few of the tweets, and Eves had liked a few of the tweets as well. So um, I think there's a few, there's going to be a few reunions in this one as well. So it's a it'll be a feisty game, um, a lot on the line for both sides. So it, it should actually be quite an exciting game. Um, I think it's a big chance for Eves if he can if he can bag a goal or two, he'll be a very much a, a cult hero for for City in that one. Um, and then, of course, really big games around the league for us as well. Big games with lots riding on it for us around the league as well, with Sunderland playing Bristol Rovers, Lincoln playing Oxford, and uh, Peterborough have Accrington Stanley as well. So three big games. I think Sunderland probably uh, the easiest fixture of those three, if, if, if I'm sort of being honest, looking at those three. Um, but Peterborough and Oxford, uh, Peterborough and Lincoln playing quite difficult opponents there. So chances for more drop points for rivals in those games and look, if the if 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 the perfect scenario was to eventuate and Sunderland were to lose to to Rovers, um, you know we're flying, we're laughing. It'd be a great result. Absolutely, yeah. Just looking at the other teams uh, around us in their run homes, it, it really does kind of speak into the fact that we I, I do believe that we have the easiest run home. If if I'm allowed to say that, um, I've you look down at the Sunderland fixtures ahead, and as you mentioned, the problem that Blackpool seem to be causing a lot of teams. Uh, they have to travel to Blackpool, and they play them at home as well. So they've got to play them twice. Um, they play Oxford. They play uh, Peterborough. They play Charlton. Um, there is some incredibly. Oh, they play us as well. I guess that's uh, you know you can look at that one of two ways. But there's some incredibly tough fixtures on the Sunderland run home, and you know we've 
only have to look at the posh fixture against Rochdale and they still have to play Doncaster twice. They play Lincoln. They also yeah. play Sunderland. There is some incredibly interesting uh, fixtures around us as well. And I think it's that time of season where it's exciting because not only do our fixtures matter, but particularly those ones become uh, all the more important. And so you end up finding yourself, you know, keeping an eye on three or four games every every round because of the, you know, the context and the magnitude that it, that it does have. Look, it was great midweek. Um, no city game, but being able to wake up at about seven a.m. Uh, mm. to you know the seventieth minute of the of the posh Blackpool game to see Blackpool up three one, and just loving it. You know, city not playing, but actually uh, finishing the morning better off for that result uh, is always a great position to be in. Um, you know, I think Blackpool still plays Sunderland twice. In fact, I don't think they've played Sunderland yet. So that's two big clashes for Sunderland uh, in that one. And of course, as we keep saying, Sunderland and Lincoln both playing us in the run-in. So um, from our point of view, it's just about we just have to we we don't even have to better those sides around us anymore, other than Sunderland. It's just about keeping pace with them. So as much as we can look at that Shrewsbury result with frustration, as we were saying earlier in the episode it's actually not the worst result because of the results that came elsewhere. Uh, we're one game closer to the end of the season now and still in first place. So it's just yeah. about maintaining this this pace. And then when we play those Sunderland and Lincoln games, those are the big games. If we can get the results in those games, it basically would seal things for us. So um, mm. it, it is a bit typical City to, to, to falter in those games. And that's where we've just got to be really focused and, and get the results. And I, I guess you've touched on it already, but the the magnitude of that Peterborough and uh, and Blackpool game, and the fact that Peterborough were upset, having a superior goal difference, it mm. actually does put us put up it back in our hands. And I think that's probably, you know, as we've always said on this podcast, that we we believe in the points on the board is is far more you know crucial than than fixtures at hand. But uh, you know, the fact that they drop those points. Um, midweek it now shows that we do have that clear three-point lead regardless of if they were to win their fixture and uh, and that's a, a significant thing and I, I know that that certainly would uh, you know play into the mentality of the of the city players as well knowing that uh, you know it, it is largely in our hands and and that's a an incredibly positive situation to find yourself in and look and we keep saying it as well our expectations have grown over the course of the season we are now in a position that we are expecting an automatic uh, promotion playoffs Play, uh, a, a automatic promotion mm. spot coming into the season we we were very much of the mindset of well we should be getting promoted but much more likely to be sort of mid-table upper half of the table so the fact that our expectations have grown over the season whilst reasonable um does show the job that McCann and the squad have done that they have turned um city supporters around their mentality around from an off season where we'd had such an awful finish to the championship season um, to really now being, I'd be disappointed if we didn't win the title. And that's, I feel a bit ridiculous saying that, but that's sort of the position we find ourselves in now. We haven't, haven't won a league title since the sixties. So it'd be fantastic if we could do that this season. And I think there was actually an article in the whole daily mail or, or one of the reporters was tweeting about it today that, there is this chance for the players to do something quite historic for the club. And and I think that really should be the focus. We shouldn't be sort of easing off now that we've got that that uh, gap on Peterborough. We need to be going full throttle and really trying to finish off the season quite strongly. Yeah. And if we're to be honest with ourselves as well, uh, with the the expectations of McCann, I, I think it's probably a, a little bit premature to, to issue a report card, although I do look, look forward to our time of, of giving McCann his grade. And I think that... Uh, you know, we'll be able to do that in a few weeks' time. But 
let's not forget we had a, a very very stuttering December and 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 January where we we did have a, a very tough run of results and straight away the pessimism seemed to creep straight back in but the recovery since then has, has been truly magnificent and I think once the KLP um, contract saga kind of got uh, got sorted there we haven't really missed the trick I mean mm-hmm. you always be perfect but the biggest problem city have had this year is losing to those teams down the bottom uh that's the it's those kind of banana skin games against the teams that we're expected to beat and if you take those fixtures out of it then um you know we are well and truly the best team in this division and i know that you know it is not a not a common phrase to to use when we talk about city being the best team in a division but i, I do feel that way and i think that we we've talked about our, our, our depth in the squad as well. It, it speaks into that that you know we're losing two of our marquee attacking players uh, to international duty this week, and yeah. we still probably have the most you know competent front three in in the division, and, and yeah. that has to count for something. Yeah, and look, we sort of talked. Dan and I talked a little bit last week about that attitude towards McCann, and and while I I don't necessarily think it's entirely unjustified just because of how poor last season was. I do, I do feel sorry for him in the sense that, as you, you quite rightly say, that it's, it only takes the smallest sort of slip in form for the for the, the haters to be out in force very quickly. And look, and I'm guilty of that as well. I think he made a comment, um, sort of, sort of starting to creep in doubt that you know if we don't go up this season, we can you know regroup and go again next season. And I was really frustrated to see that. Um, from him because I just don't think now's the time to be even suggesting or putting that out there into into the players' minds and the supporters' minds. But I think if he can go, if we can get promoted, automatic promotion places, it goes a long way to it. And then as Dan was saying last week, I think, you know, first 10, 15 games of next season, it, we see where we land in the championship. If we can sort of push on mid-table, upper half, I think that would go a long way to rehabilitating his image. Um but I think, yeah, the jury the, the jury's still out in the sense that I just I don't think there's anything he can achieve this season that would conclusively win back those fans. But um, yeah, look, I, I sort of I understand it on one level, but then as you're saying as well, I I kind of I feel sorry for him when we have played so well. Um, I think it's it's almost an unconscious thing with some fans that as soon as there's any dip in form, there is going to be that that doubt that creeps back in. Yeah, and certainly, you know, we've talked at length about this over the years. Is the what's it like to actually work under the bosses and the guys of the Allen family? Like it's, it has obviously broken a few managers. And you know, you look at the Nigel Atkins appointment in in, in recent weeks, and you think about Steve Bruce leaving. You think about Marco Silva. There's so many that have fallen through the cracks, and so. Uh, just looking at that on on face value is, uh, you know, maybe we're not aware of the of the true job that McCann is doing behind the scenes, and perhaps some of the decisions that he makes and the things that he say, says in the comments in the media, maybe there is a a very obscure method in the madness. And you know that, uh, as you said, that's uh, maybe that won't be something that that comes to light soon. And I, I do think that the city fans do have, you know, uh, a genuine case to jump on his back when things go pear shaped because not everything about his his uh, reign at, at the helm in charge of City has been a positive time. Um, you know, that relegation was one of the most unfortunate relegations that uh, I guess that, you know, many championship clubs have ever seen. I know it was a talk in England about when, you know, they showed the comparisons of the mid-season tables to the end-of-season yeah. table and just how horrific it was that we ended up going down. But, you know, credit where credit's due. It's uh, you can't fault him at this stage um, from you know to be top of the top of the league with nine games to go. I think he's he's done a marvelous job, and 
you know, we'll, we'll reserve judgment. And I do look forward to reviewing him. I think that this, it'll be a, a controversial topic and, um, you know, one with many great discussion points. But, look, he's, he's put us in this position and along with the playing group and it's, it's going to be a very exciting run in and uh, we do have him to thank for it. Absolutely. Well, hopefully we're here next week talking um, about still being top of the table with eight games to go and we're just sort of inching that step closer uh, to, to returning to the championship. But uh, until next week, thanks for joining me this week, Logan. Uh, my pleasure. No worries. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. I, I noticed that I think at one point we did have quite a few uh, viewers uh, watching along, so that was really appreciated. So it's always great to get some um, live viewers watching these episodes as well. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in and anyone catching us on a replay as well, always appreciated as well. So until next week, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back because you're out.